it's episode 101 of uh, Viking 360, and we're going to talk some Viking football. We'll be discussing the game highlights of Ripley's 31-13 victory over B- Buchanan Upshur. And Brian, you had a lot of highlights in that game, especially in the first half. Yeah, it was a quick uh, start for the Vikings, uh, Rube, getting uh, four touchdowns in that first half, all those on the ground. So I had a chance to catch up uh, with some big-time performers in that ball game. And then a little bit of history was made uh, on Friday night as well. So I had a chance to uh, tell that story. And we'll be talking, uh, have a little preview of this Friday's game against the Lincoln County Panthers. We'll be talking with some Viking uh, players uh, from the past. We talked uh, with Brad Hunt, a former Viking and former Mountaineer, and he'll be talking about does West Virginia University belong in the Big 12 or would they be better off in the ACC? We'll get Brad's opinion on that. And we'll be talking about the military career of former Viking Adam White and what an interesting career that young man has had. I also had a chance, Rube, to chat with Viking uh, soccer head coach on the boys' side, Victor Boyce, and he talked about the great start that they have gotten off to here in 2021. All right, episode 101. Here we go. Thank our sponsor, RipleyVikings.com, and we'd like to thank them for participating in a special contest that we had in celebration of our 100th episode. Yeah, really excited, Rube, uh, to uh, partner with them in this and uh, kind of celebrate, as you said, 100 episodes for us uh, as they are going to send a $25 gift card via email to our winner who was selected randomly, and that is, Rube, drumroll, Beth Moore. Very good, and we were just overwhelmed by the tremendous response we had on Facebook to the to the contest. That was fantastic. Yeah, very excited uh, for that, and hopefully we can do that again real soon. And uh, the place to go for all your, all of your Viking apparel is RipleyVikings.com, and don't forget to enter the coupon code VIKING360 and get 15% off your next order. The Vikings evened their record on Friday night with a 31-13 victory over the Buchanan Upshur Buccaneers at Death Valley Memorial Stadium. Friday night, the boys in blue had the ground and pound going with some improved play on the offensive line and two very determined ball carriers in the backfield. The Vikings racked up 282 yards while scoring four touchdowns on the ground. Brady Anderson set a new single-game personal best with three of those four. And those touchdowns is... I'll give big credit to Joey. Joey ran the ball all the way up there, and I finished it. Stevens under center, I formation behind him. Single receiver near side. Give it to Anderson. He walks into the end zone for the Vikings touchdown, and the Vikings on the board early here at Deathside Memorial Stadium. Big guy Colton Rhodes. He just he cleared the way right for me. He pushed that guy down into the linebackers and stuff, and that just opened right up, and I lost all the. Blue turf. Katie Lawrence' extra point kick was good, and with 8.23 remaining in the first quarter, the Vikings led 7 to nothing. Both teams exchanged turnovers on their next possession. Then, the Vikings, in their third possession of the night, went 31 yards on five plays when Joey Ramsey got his first touchdown of the season. He'll give to Ramsey left side, looking to get the edge. He's turned it upfield five into the end zone. Touchdown, Joey Ramsey. He gets onto the board for the first time in 2021. The Vikings are up two scores. That was Ramsey's only touchdown of the night, but he did set a single-game career high with 171 yards total rushing. Yeah, I mean, it felt good to go out there and uh, 
run, run for 170 yards and get the win. Cochran connected on the extra point kick, and the Vikings led 14 to nothing. Early in the second quarter, the Vikings added to their lead when Brady Anderson found the end zone for the second time. So the Vikings deep in Buccaneer territory in the red zone at the four. Deer hash moving right to left. Stevens will get under center eye formation behind him. Two tight ends. Single receiver split near side. Stevens gives to Anderson, and he walks into the end zone. The Vikings 20 to nothing leading it here early on in the second period. This time, it's Lawrence connecting on the extra point kick, and the Vikings held a commanding three-score lead with 10 minutes and 11 seconds remaining in the second period. Four minutes later, the Buccaneers show some life with dynamic tailback Savion Farmer takes it in from 67 yards out. Here's Farmer into the Vikings secondary on his feet across midfield with the foot race. He's going to the end zone, and a turnover, Jeff, turns into six points for the Buccaneers, and they're right back in it. Zuliani's extra point kick was good, and the Buccaneers had drawn back to within two scores, trailing 21-7. The Vikings, however, were not finished scoring in the first half, Brady Anderson makes it a first-half hat trick with three touchdowns, this from eight yards out. Takes the handoff, Anderson into the end zone, nearly untouched, and 27-7 Vikings from eight yards out. Cochran connects on the extra point kick, and the Vikings held a 28-7 halftime lead. In their first possession of the second half, the Vikings capped a nine-play drive when Katie Lawrence made history when she successfully connected from 21 yards out making her the first female to make a field goal in Ripley Viking history. Katie Lawrence from 21 yards out. Here's the snap. Placement down. It's up, and it's good. Katie, her first field goal of her career. Congratulations, Katie Lawrence. First female to connect on a field goal in Ripley High School history. Congratulations to her. A lot of hard work for that young lady. The Vikings grab a 31-7 to lead here in the third period. After the game, here was Katie's thoughts on how she was feeling about her record-breaking night. Honestly, no, it really hasn't set in, so I'm still kind of feeling it. The thing about you, I think uh, you don't really focus so much on that. You're just trying to help your team win, and I think that's what makes you such a great team player. Yeah, I'm not really a, an all-for-me player. I'm really just whatever's best for the team. Later in the third quarter, the Buccaneers capped the scoring on the night when Johnston scored from one yard out. The extra point kick was blocked. The final score was 31-13 to as the Vikings improved to 1-1 on the season, and they look forward to a matchup in Lincoln County with the Panthers in Hamlin this coming Friday night. Ripley Viking countdown to kickoff will begin at 7 p.m., and the kickoff set for 7.30. Join Jeff Waybright and Phil Iman this week for all the action on C98 The Bull. This is the eighth meeting between the Ripley Vikings and the Lincoln County Panthers. The teams first met in 2009 with Ripley winning that game 37-6. Lincoln County got their revenge the following year, defeating the Vikings 16-10. Ripley has won the last five meetings between the two teams, including last year's game at Memorial Stadium 21-7. Ripley will get a look at Lincoln County's football team this Friday evening. As the radio voice of Roan County, Andrew Miller described the action as the Panthers edged the Raiders 28-26 last Friday night in Spencer. We're talking with uh, Andrew Miller of WVRC in Spencer. And uh, 
The, uh, the Raiders of Roan County played Lincoln County last week, so I thought I would ask you, Drew, what kind of uh, problems that the Lincoln County Panthers might provide uh, for the Vikings this Friday. Well, you know, when we were doing our prep work going into the ball game, uh, Mike, it was uh, obviously we knew that Isaiah Smith was a, a real dominant force at running back. He is a three-year starter for them, and uh, he is just a what we call a human bowling ball. Uh, he can run through you, run around you, run over you if he has to. He's got speed. Um, he's got uh, quickness. And, uh, again, he's got really strong legs. Uh, so we knew going into the game that he was going to be uh, someone that you would have to limit. Uh, we were fortunately able to limit him on the ground. Um, and when I say limit to 70 yards, he still had 70 yards. What we didn't really plan for uh, was the fact that Gabe Bates was such a uh, threat at QB. Now, uh, we, we knew that he could throw a deep ball um, just from the little bit of film we saw against Princeton, but uh, really uh, the quarterback, Gabe Bates, was um, uh, I think he was more impressive than we thought he would be. Um, he was able to throw not just deep balls, he was able to use his feet to scramble and get away from pursuit and pressure. Uh, and a guy to watch for absolutely is Nolan Shemp. He was the go-to receiver, uh, not only the go-to receiver, he was a great defensive player for them. He really caused a lot of problems for us. Andrew, uh, Roan County had another close game, uh, a two-point decision against Lincoln County, but uh, uh, having let, let's sort of flip the table a little bit. Uh, are there any weaknesses that uh, the Panthers have that uh, Ripley might be able to take advantage of? Yeah, well, I mean, what we found throughout the ball game was, uh, you know, you look at their line on the defensive side, and and they've got big guys. You know, they've got some big linemen on on both sides of the ball, actually, offensively and defensively. But uh, we were able to utilize our quickness on the defensive line and on the uh, on the offensive line. We just used uh, brute strength. Uh, we really did a good job of, of controlling the line of scrimmage, especially in the second half. You know, we had six turnovers in that game uh, and, and only lost by two. So uh, I, I think that if you've got a, if you've got a, a tough line on the offensive side, that you might be able to to, to make some some stuff happen with the run game. Uh, defensively, I think if you got some quick guys on the edge, we were able to get pursuit on the edge. Um, and we were able to come in waves. Uh, they got big guys, but I don't know how quick their line is. Um, I think that you could most definitely utilize the run game against them. Andrew, I appreciate your comments and your time, and we look forward to the Vikings taking on the Raiders once again. That game is October 1, and it will be in Ripley. We'll see you then. Absolutely. Can't wait to see you guys over there, Mike. Thank you all. Mountaintop Media is the official live stream provider of Ripley High School Athletics. Mountaintop Media offers a variety of services, including logo design, photography, videography, audiovisual setup, consulting, and web design. If you're beginning your climb to the peak of success, Mountaintop Media has you covered. Mountaintop Media, your vision through our lens. Go to mtmedia304.com to learn more. Those who served in the military often find themselves in harm's way. 
A 2009 graduate of Ripley High and former Viking football player Adam White has chosen a career in the military. He has the all-important job of training those who put their lives on the line for our country. We're talking on Viking 360 with Adam White, and we have talked on the podcast several times to uh, Ripley graduates who have had interesting careers, but none more interesting than that of Adam White, who has spent a good deal of time with the military. Adam, thank you so much for all that you do, and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, thanks for thinking of me. So, uh, Adam, uh, tell us what what is your uh, where are you currently stationed, and what is your rank? What is your position uh, in the military? Hey, yeah, I'm currently down here at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, serving as a infantry company commander with First Battalion, Sixth Marine Regiment. And what is it on a day to day basis? Uh, what is it that you that you do primarily, Adam? So, as a as a company commander usually in charge of 150 to 200 Marines, depending on where we're at in the, in the life cycle. I'm currently sitting around 140 as we as we rebuild after the last deployment. And as the company commander, you're really in charge of really the overall training and readiness of the company. Uh, with this, this being a sports podcast, I'll kind of relate it to, to being the head coach of the company and really just prepping the guys for game day. Except now, instead of a, a Wednesday night baseball game or a Friday night football game, we're, uh, we're prepping to be ready for the ultimate game day of, of combat if it comes or any other mission across the uh, range of military operations. That's awesome. And uh, and this military career of yours, is, I understand it has pretty much taken you all over the, all over the world. Can you tell us about your travels? Yeah, absolutely. Um, state, stateside, we've been lucky enough to, to stay on the East Coast going from North Carolina to Quantico, Virginia, back and forth a few times. Um, but fortunate enough to do two deployments so far. The, the first one really took me to Romania as the, the base area. So operating out of Romania, but while I was there, also spent some time down in Bulgaria and then a good bit of time over in Israel, um, just working with those militaries uh, and, and training them up as well. And then the, the second deployment, uh, basing out of Okinawa, Japan, but spent a lot of time in that one in uh, Pohang and Pyeongchang, South Korea, along with uh, some time in Gatimba, which is just at the base of Mount Fuji there in mainland Japan. Incredible. And, and Adam, you were telling me that you have a, a trip to uh, Europe coming up in the not-too-distant future? Yeah, here, here in the next couple of months, hopefully we'll add uh, another country or two to the list. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it vague for now, but looking to, looking to go over there and, and train some of their militaries as well here in the near future and, and get the guys an opportunity to be employed. And Adam, you were telling me that this has been a really re- rewarding situation uh, for you and your family. It, it has. There's there's always the apprehension of of taking the leap and, and doing something that you want to do, and, and the military was one of those things for me. But I couldn't I couldn't have a fonder memory of of taking the leap and the things I've done over the last eight years. It's been beneficial for me as maturing as a, a leader, a man, a husband, father. Across all aspects, it's it's just improved me overall um and, and it's been good for the family and the support all the kids know is is moving every couple of years meeting new friends meeting new people uh it's, it's been a really good opportunity for us and the family and speaking of the family tell us about your family yeah so i'm i'm married to uh denny was denny carew she's from uh, miami florida we we met in in school there in jacksonville florida 
And then that's that's where we began our journey of, of moving back and forth. We now have two kids. My daughter, Emma, she is seven years old. And my son, Tucker, who is four. They, uh, they're both now in school and doing well. And you're planning on uh, being in the military for quite some time, you're telling me. Uh, I am, yeah, absolutely. I will I will stick around the gun club as long as they let me. Uh, really hoping to, to do the full 20, retire, and and the goal is ultimately to, to move back to Ripley. You know, we we see a lot of places uh, stateside. I've seen a lot of a lot of towns and cities across the world, but everybody listening back in Ripley should know there, there's not too many places that compare. So they, the goal is still to end up back there in Ripley um, with the blue and white. Hey, Adam, thank you so much again for everything that you do. Uh, for our country, and thank you for being part of the Viking 360 podcast. Yeah, Rub, again, I appreciate it. Thank you for me, and uh, go Vikings. Lady Viking golfer Avery Fife finished 13th in the SSAC's State Girls Golf Tournament on Tuesday in Word County. The Lady Viking volleyball team improved its record to 4-2 with a victory over Sissonville on Tuesday. The junior varsity team is now 5-1 after defeating the Indians. The Ripley cross-country teams will be competing Saturday in the Chick-fil-A Invitational that will be held at the Mineral Wells course in Wood County on Saturday. Soccer has been off to a 3-1 and one start on the season, and we'll talk with the head coach of the Viking Booters, and that would be Victor Boyce. All right, welcome back to Ripley High School. Joined now by Ripley Viking head boys soccer coach, Victor Boyce. Vic, thanks for being with me. No, Brian, anytime, but I enjoy talking to you. So you guys are off to a good start, man. I see 3-1 and one, uh, on the year, most recent uh, victory. Uh, over university uh, back on, uh, I guess it's been a little while since you guys have played, uh, back on the 28th of, of August. Uh, uh, it looks like you're slated to get back out there on Thursday. I'm sure you guys are, are ready to go. Yeah, we're more than ready. So uh, just been grinding in practice. Uh, like so we played university. That was a big win for us. They beat us last year at the third place, uh, 9-1. to one. So we kind of had them circled on our schedule from the start. And uh, it really worked out well for us. We gave up a, a late goal. There was like one minute to go in the game. And um, it was a, a, a foul on the box, and they got a PK out of it. Or we could have shut them out. And um, But, you know, Parkersburg is always, always scheduled for us and always circled on that schedule, man. We, uh, we like playing them. We like beating them. So can't wait to play those guys. Coach, uh, you have such a tough schedule when you look at it uh, up and down the board. How important is this 3-1 start for you? I mean, uh, it uh, gets you off to uh, uh, keeping all your goals in front of you and giving you an opportunity to have a special season. Yeah, uh, honestly, if you would have asked me the day before uh, our first game, if we would be 3-1 and one at this point, uh, I would have loved to have said yes, but in back of my mind, I knew the chances were pretty slim because we started off against some um, some heavy hitters, and um, we're things that really fell into our place. And kids that I didn't expect to step up have stepped up. And um, you know, you always lose those seniors, and you always worry about who's going to replace them. And um, 
it's just been it's been a real treat. Uh, this team, like I said, because everyone comes out and they're ready to play. So it's it's a uh, could be a really good special season for us. Coach, tell me about some of those kids you you mentioned that have stepped up so far. Well, um, honestly, my entire senior group, uh, I've got five. Um, there's your team is is led top to bottom by your seniors, and all five of them, um, they're just they've been tremendous. Uh, Jake Harvey is uh, is took the leadership role over. I got Noah Castle. Also, um, he's a returning captain for me, and Carter Cochran, he's also a returning captain. Those guys, um, all three of them, lots of minutes last year, um, lots of minutes their sophomore year, so they're coming in with a lot of experience. Uh, Wyatt White also, senior with a lot of experience, who's uh, he's came in ready to play. And then my fifth uh, senior was uh, Sam Cox. Sam hasn't played for us before, but uh, he comes in and gives a different energy to the team, and uh, it's a real pleasure to have him. Coach, uh, when you uh, look at the makeup of your team and, and you got the five seniors and, and what all these kids have faced uh, over the last year and a half uh, with, with school and sports through all of the, the COVID, uh, do you get a feeling that these seniors are, are kind of trying to grasp this moment and say, hey, guys, uh, you never know when when the games can be taken away or when the season could be uh, the rug proverbial rug pulled out from underneath of you. So let's let's capture each moment and, and just enjoy uh, playing together, practicing together, and all that good stuff. Well, um, that's one of the things we kind of stress every day in practice um, because we have went through it, and you know, went through it personally with with my son when he was a senior. And um, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed. They were going to get those games. We're not guaranteed that the rest of our schedule is going to be played even. So every day you go out and, and just give it your all because, you know, it could be your last time on the, on the pitch. It could be your last time wearing the blue and white. And um, I really try to stress to the guys that um, make this game something people will remember you about. Coach, uh, over the last month or so, we've been highlighting uh, the history of Viking soccer uh, dating back, in, and uh, I'll say 30 years ago, you and I uh, were both around at that time, so we'll, we're kind of dating ourselves a little bit. But, uh, you know, do you, do you get the feeling that, that your kids uh, realize uh, where Ripley Viking soccer has been and where it is now? Uh, honestly, I don't. I don't think they have. Like I said, because when you kind of look back over time, uh, they, don't, they don't know a time without soccer. Um like when me and you look back, it's not something that was like prevalent. You know, what I mean, football was king, and um, that's just the way it was. Soccer really wasn't. Uh, it's was kind of like an upstart thing, and you know, didn't know if it was going to stick around, kind of deal. So these kids have all grown up with it, and they played it their entire life, and um, so they kind of take it for granted. You know, what I mean, they don't realize thirty years really isn't that long, and. Uh, you know, Ripley's never won a state championship in soccer, and um, we've got a couple sectional championships, and we've been in a regional championship a couple of times, but um, just never have made it to that level. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things that I love for the senior group to be able to push past that and and reach something 
that the school's never had before. Coach, here is to 30 years drought being ended in Viking soccer hosting or hoisting rather state championship this year. Best of luck to you. Uh, one at a time, I know how your mentality is, and good luck Thursday night uh, up at Parkersburg. But I always appreciate it. Like I said, uh, I appreciate you guys so much for uh, taking time to, to give soccer a, a little boost. On, uh, like I said, you and, and Mike do a great job of coming down and being around the boys and stuff and uh, we always welcome all the Vikings to come out and, and be a part of uh, what we got going on. It was a situation where the uh, Lady Vikings built a uh, four-goal lead at halftime and then were able to cruise to a 7 to nothing victory over Wheeling Central. And uh, Coach Jay Pearson had to be a pretty satisfying victory for the Lady Vikings. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. We needed that. We've had a couple of close uh, losses, so we needed a little, little game where we could kick back and get some players in and get a little extra time. And you were able to get lots of players in that ball game in the second half. Yeah, we, we was able to get most of our bench in the game, got some, some quality minutes for them. That's always good for the future, so just happy about that. And I think uh, this was the second consecutive shutout for your team. Yes, sir. The back line's playing pretty good. The keeper's doing really well. Overall, defense and midfield is doing an excellent job so far. And you have two games coming up. Everything, uh, If everything goes as scheduled against uh, the Parkersburg Big Reds and the Oak Hill Red Devils. Right. we got Parkersburg next here Thursday evening, then uh, Oak Hill at Oak Hill Saturday if that one goes through. Uh, those will both be tough games. Coach, congratulations on the big win. I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you. A hot topic of conversation in the sports world is what is going to happen in this latest phase of conference realignment. Brad Hunt, a Viking Football Hall of Famer and a former WVU defensive captain, offers his opinion on the future of the Mountaineers. The big talk in college football these days is conference realignment. And uh, a lot of people wanting to know what is going to happen to the WVU Mountaineers. Will they stay uh, in the Big 12? Will they go to the ACC? Will they end up somewhere else? So uh, for to gather his thoughts on that, we talked to a former Viking standout, uh, Brad Hunt, graduated in uh, 1983 from Ripley High and went on to become a defensive captain in Morgantown. Brad, thanks for joining us, man. Glad to be here, Ruth. Nice talk to you today. So, so what are your thoughts on the on the conference situation at at WVU? Well, that's an interesting topic. Uh, you know, as, as you well know, uh, the hot topic in, in Division One college football right now, and West Virginia being in the you know in a Power Five conference now has really you know, financially it's been a, it's been a great boon for the of the university, but um, you know, being Tire Five brings a lot of prestige with it, and as well as well as the money, the facilities are just unbelievable up here now. But losing the uh, you know, Texas and Oklahoma's loss from the Big Twelve, I mean, as far as I know, it it's official. But they've uh, I'm not I'm exactly sure how that's going to play out and when they're going to be gone. But uh, those those are two teams that are going to be impossible for them to to replace. I don't care who they bring in, uh, Houston or. Uh, I'm not sure who other people are talking about BYU. I think I've heard that the just start the Texas and Oklahoma. It's a huge, huge loss to, to the Big 12. The fact that it actually goes through. And I, uh, you know, as a, as a fan, as a, as a former player, that 
he monitors the program and, and lives in Morgantown still and has season ticket holder and all that, former captain. I'm, uh, you know, I was glad we got, when the Big East went south, and I'm glad we got into a Power Five conference, but I sure would have wished we'd have got in one a little closer regionally. You know, I just think, I, I think the ACC or even Big Ten would be a lot bigger, or a lot better fit for, for West Virginia for just, just a lot of different reasons. Uh, one being just uh, the travel for the team, uh, and especially the fan base, you know, it's just hard to go to. When, when the closest away game is Iowa State, it's a seventeen-hour drive. You, know, you just have to you have to make a, a airline plans and book tickets. And, you know, it's not one of these things you can make a decision just up in a couple days. Let's go let's go to the game or get your hands on some tickets. It's Travel's a huge issue. That's my biggest problem with it. You know, Brad, I was thinking about your family going to your games when you were a Mountaineer, and they had this uh, Winnebago camper that went all over the country, all all over the Big East, uh, going to your games. That would have been a little bit more difficult had the Mountaineers been in the Big 12 at that time. It would have been been impossible. Well, I wouldn't say impossible. I mean, my dad... uh, could have, I'm sure could have afforded the gas, but it would have just been a lot harder on them. And uh, yeah, they had they had that uh, it was the old it was the old green uh, uh, we called the family truckster, uh, you know, uh, road road trip wagon. But we uh, dad bought that when we were kids, and we took a long trip across America in it one summer. Go to California and back, spent several weeks uh, seeing America, and we we kept we, you know, dad kept it. And, and when I went to college, they literally went to every the whole five years I was in college, they went to every game home and away and drove that. That's incredible. Boston twice, Penn State twice, the Blacksburg every time. Anywhere we played, home and away, especially home. But they took it to every away game. <laughs> of course, of course uh, you know, gas was uh, not like, what, 79 cents a gallon back there? But yeah, that, that's true. And believe it or not, we still have that. Uh, my sister oh, my Carol <laughs> and her husband Steve... Um, it, it had been parked down on our farm for a long time, and uh, he uh, he put some money into it and refurbished it and freshened up the motor and new brake lines and tires and wheels and repulsed it. He dropped some money. It's, it's, it's still on the road, believe it or not. Hey, Brad, speaking of your childhood, I know that growing up, you spent a lot of time in a store at Cottageville, Hunts and Anderson's General Merchandise, I believe was the name. And it's going to be featured on a television program in the not-too-distant future. Tell us about that experience. Uh, that is correct. The, um, well, originally the, the old store was my grandfather, uh, uh, Lawrence Hunt. Everybody called him L.O., Lawrence Otho. And his brothers, originally the store was called Hunt Brothers Grocery. And that was back from the early 1900s um, that they were uh, you know, partners in the endeavor. And I think Uncle John and uh, owned the bar next door where lately Bar and Grill was set. You know, I still set. It's been closed for a long time. But the old original bar building burnt down long before I was born. But uh, all these brothers ran the the, uh, the store for a long time, even before I was born. Grandpa was the postmaster, and, and it was the post office at one time, and, uh, before the, they built the post office across the street, which is still there. But I basically grew you know, it. Uh, it was in business till I think, the 89, and I spent a lot of time in there as a, as a child. It was a fun little place, you know. It was just the town little hub of the Cottage community, and the, the last, really, store of its kind in 
down here in the area that I know of. Yeah, we used to or refer to it as the Cottageville Mall because you could buy lunch meat, you could buy groceries, you could buy TV, you could buy a washer and dryer, you name it. It was available in that uh, store there at Cottageville. Oh, well, oh, for sure. Hardware. Grandpa even, uh, you need a, a pane of glass for your window or door. They, 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 they had a cutting table in the basement or thread your pipe. You need to put some metal pipe, you know, like gas pipe. You thread your pipe. And just, it, it, was, it was the lows of its day for just a small community. But yeah, it was a great day to grow up there. You know, I'd say, uh, I, uh, that's part about it. When I was a kid, it was all the candy was free. <laughs> and I understand grandpa, you were approached grandpa, grandpa by the folks. With the candy. You were you were approached by the folks uh, on the History Channel, the American Pickers, and uh, they came to Cottageville and and recorded uh, an episode out there. I guess that had to be a blast. Yeah, that, yeah that's true. Uh, I I saw where uh, I saw a news report that the, the the picker guys were looking to come to West Virginia, looking for collections to, to look through. You know, and of course they don't want to get antique stores or. Of course, our mother passed away back in uh, January, and my brother and I inherited the property. And, um, of course, we've been taking care of it and maintenance it and storing things in it for years and since it's been closed. Anyway, it's kind of been a catch-all for our family and others. You know, people just need some place to store things. I, uh, yeah, I talked to Bruce, my brother, and, uh, I decided, uh, he said, well, yeah, give him a call, see what they say. And I looked up the news story and had an email address. So I sent him an email, kind of gave him the backstory. The place, you know, we just inherited it. It was an old general store, and you know, just kind of went on two, three paragraphs and didn't hear anything for a little while. Finally, they contacted us, and, uh, and they wanted to see some pictures, so we sent them pictures. And uh, then they sent us scouts, so we met the scout down here. They want to make sure what you sent them was really the, you know, the stuff you own, it's, it's there. And then, uh, they, I guess, the, the producers finally, uh, they, 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 they weigh their options of what. They said they may or may not want to go. They gave us a call and, and I said, yeah, you're in. We want to come and uh, film an episode there. And, um, I, I was excited about it. Uh, Bruce was too. We, uh, we were both fans of the show. And it was a fun experience, you know. It was like, I, I really watched the show a lot. It was a fan of the show and really watched it with Mom when she was still alive. And I kept telling Mom, I was like, Mom, man, them guys break them down and they could store someday. Now she... I didn't want to have much to do with that, you know. She, she wasn't much <laughs> in selling anything. <laughs> so, well, but anyhow, the, how the thing worked out, they were looking for places in West Virginia, and we contacted them, and it turned out, and they showed up, and it was a quite an event in Cottageville that day. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> hey, Brad, we're, we're looking very, we're very much looking forward to uh, seeing you on the episode of American Pickers coming soon to a TV near you. And Brad, thank you so yeah, much for joining sure. us on the podcast. Remember, for all the news on the blue, go anywhere you can find podcasts, search Viking 360, hit the subscribe button, and turn on your notifications.